Welcome to GRIT, the Real Estate Growth Mindset Podcast, hosted by Brian Charlesworth, founder of Sisu. Sisu provides growth automation software for real estate. You'll hear stories from real estate thought and technology leaders, team owners, and brokers on how they grew their business in a rapidly changing industry. You'll learn how to transform your brokerage and teams into a high-performing and analytics-driven business so you have a new, durable, competitive advantage against disruption in your market. So let's get right into it. All right. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to The Grit Podcast. I'm Brian Charlesworth. I'm the founder of CISO and your host of the show. And for those of you who are watching today, you'll notice I have a different background because I'm actually in my office office instead of my home office where I usually record. Um, But my Wi-Fi is down. My internet is down at home. So Anyway, happy to be here today with Monica Reynolds, who is the vice president of KW Maps Coaching, one of the largest, if not the largest coaching companies in the world, and KW being, I believe, the largest, what would I say, real estate brokerage, specific brokerage in the world. So anyway, Monica, super excited to dive in with you today. Thanks for joining me on the show. No, I'm excited to chat with you. This will be fun. Yeah, I got to meet Monica a few months ago because Sisu's doing a few things with KW today and I got an introduction and just been super impressed and just really wanted to have her on the show so you could all hear and learn some of the things that I've already heard from her. So Monica, anything you want to share to start off, maybe a little bit more of your background, even though I'm going to dive into that a little bit here in the near future? Gosh, you know, I started real estate over 40 years ago, and that's when dinosaurs walked around. We had no cell phones. We did have cars. We had no fax machines. That was the biggest invention in the world, I thought, was a fax machine. So things have changed dramatically over the last 40 years. It's been an exciting career. I think it's the world's best kept secret till I heard that the Google number one search is to be a real estate agent for job searches now. You call your own hours, you make as much money as you want to make based on, you know, work in the system and the talent and the effort you put in for learning and and developing a great client base. You can make as much money as you want. Name a number. Go make it. It's true. I mean, I see people making $10 million plus a year in real estate. So that's absolute truth. So you've been coaching. Like, I know (laughs) Mike Ferry was kind of the godfather of coaching in real estate, right? Yeah, Mike Ferry is a a true inspiration and that, you know, he started me in my career. I had the luck of my first week in real estate. I was with Century 21 and I'm sitting in a seminar. This is a hilarious story. And there was a set of tapes for $45 cassette tapes. I wanted them so bad. So I asked the two guys that I came with from my office, I said, let's split this. So we each came up with $15 and bought those tapes and I wore them out. And then, of course, I worked for Mike for years. And when I'd left their company to move on to KW at the time for an opportunity, I had logged in 70,000 one-on-one calls at that time, 12 years ago. 70,000 calls. So how many do you know how many people you've actually coached in real estate? You know, I'm going to add that up one of these days, but it's over been over 100,000 agents and assistants in some of the mega events that I've done with them and on the coaching that I do every single month, I probably coach about 800 real estate assistants, but that is separate than the one-on-ones. And now I think I'm over 80,000 one-on-one calls now, because that number was from 2009, 2010. 
So I, I think I, I hold a pretty strong record against anyone. The, the thing that I love about coaching is that I come from being a teacher background. I didn't last long as a teacher because it wasn't my gig, I figured out. But in the old days, someone like me, you're programmed no matter what by your parents to go to college and you're going to be a nurse or a teacher. So I, I did what I was supposed to do. Got my teaching degree, right? Then you get married, right? And so I... <laughs> And I thought, okay, teaching's not for me, was buying a house, met an agent. He really wasn't a great agent. And I thought, he's making that kind of money, driving that kind of car. I can do this. So that's how I got into real estate. I wanted to buy a couch. (laughs) Okay. So you saw that same thing, right? The money is unlimited in real estate. Why am I going to be a teacher when I can go over here and teach and enjoy and and get the opportunity for the money? I love houses. I love people. I love negotiating. I've always had, you know, as a kid, I had a lemonade stand or I'm babysitting, making money. So I always had a kind of an entrepreneurial spirit about that. And I, gosh, this is totally entrepreneurial. If I need to take a week off, I take a week off. I don't ask anybody. So it's a great career if you have a discipline and structure to achieve the goals. And then you have the time off that you need for family and friends and whatever else you need. It's a great, great career. Okay, so you were involved kind of in the early days of when you say this is a great career of changing it from where realtors made the transition. And this is falls in line with Gary Keller as well. Right. In 2003, he wrote the book, The Millionaire Real Estate Agent. I believe most people in real estate have read that book, but I'm not sure the timing of the book you wrote called How to Find, Hire, and Train the Perfect Real Estate Assistant, but maybe you could, you just said something about real estate assistants. And I don't think anyone's ever thought of coaching a real estate assistant outside of you that I know. Well, Tell us about well, that. Inter- yeah, interesting story. In the 90s, I was speaking at an event and this guy came up to me and he goes, you wrote this book on assistants. You wrote this book on team, the professional assistant, multiply your success through use of assistant. I go, yeah, I wrote those books. This is the early 90s. And I was surprised someone even read it. And so he asked me a bunch of questions as he walked off. I go, who's that guy? And they said, oh, that's Gary Keller. He's building a franchise. And I go, well, good luck with that. Because if you know the early 90s, it was a rough ride through the early 90s. And, you know, I've, I've always been passionate about knowing my job description as an agent. I lead generate, I lead follow up, I go on appointments, I write contracts, I role play. Those are dollar signs in my schedule. Everything else is stuff. And being a triple D personality, I'm not great at crossing the T's, dot the I's. I need someone to clean my messes up. I am a great salesperson. I'm a great person to be able to talk to a seller to make the right decision, to a buyer to make the right decision. I study the market all the time. And yet, I'm not great at the other stuff. It bothers me. So I knew that the assistant was the right thing. And so I got a reputation and NAR contacted me, I guess the early 90s had heard I was doing 300 transactions in Long Beach and I had four assistants and most of them were licensed. And at the time, no one was doing this. They'd go open doors for me because I didn't want to go open the door for a buyer. So they'd go open doors for me too. So they were basically showing assistants. You were essentially running a team back then, a team of showing assistants. Oh yeah, no. I had a power listing agent. And oh, yeah. No. You weren't selling and they were doing all your back office stuff, right? Yeah. No, in the 1990 to 2000, I had four assistants as a rule and at least four, we called them telemarketers at the time, ISAs. 
and myself and another agent did the business. Okay. We were rocking it hard. So from going to there to then coming to today, I mean, there's been a lot of change today. And one thing that I know, and I've only been in this industry now, probably seven years, eight, seven, yeah, about seven years. So everywhere I look, the most successful agents, and I, I almost say team owners because the most successful are team owners, but they all have coaches. Why is that? Wow. Why not have someone if you can partner in business that's non-judgmental and yet keeps you on track, takes you out of the learning curve because the coaches that we have on MAPS are highly trained. They go through a red shirt program and then they have training every single week. There are certain programs are required to take and understand and models that we follow. And so that coach is highly, they're, it's kind of like they fly over and they see what's going on and they go, okay, let's talk about the trajectory of your business. If you want to double your income, who are the missing people? What's the missing systems? What's the lead generation that we need to add or beef up? And so it's great to have that partner that you can, I always call it the safe harbor. So for once a week, for 30 minutes, you have a safe harbor, someone who is the cheerleader, the encourage, encourage, encourage that believes in you. And sometimes as real estate agents, no one believes in us. Even our family doubts us. Why do you have a job in real estate? Especially now, that's so volatile. You should get a real job, right? And yet this is the most incredible job. It's such a secret. And just think about having someone who has the knowledge to say to you, let's let's discuss this and make sure this is the right decision instead of saying you're wrong. Let's discuss this and let me share some things that I've seen happen with other teams or happen with the industry. So when you coach a lot of people like I have, I have a lot of resources in my head that I can draw from. And I go, well, this sounds like a time when I was coaching someone and this is what they did. Oh, that's a great idea. I'd love to do that. So you want that person, especially in this market we're going into, to kind of lead you down the right paths where you're spending your time, where you're spending your energy, where the lead generation is, how you're dealing with your database. You got to start locking arms with that database right now. Yeah. So it seems to me that most of your coaches, most coaches in the industry, not all, but most charge, I would say the average is probably $1,000 a month. And for that $1,000 a month, and I know there are some that are much higher than that, but for that $1,000 a month, I just look at it and say, I mean, if you're willing to spend $1,000 a month, you're usually going to get a 10x return on that at least, right? So it's sometimes, you know, I, I look at some people and I don't see a lot of this in real estate anymore. I think most people have realized if I'm going to be the most successful, I need to hire a coach. And so it's become kind of a, an easy thing to do today, but you just talked about, we're moving into this new industry. It's more important than ever to have a coach. Why yeah. You know, well, first of all, the majority of the realtors, I would venture to guess, I was at a conducting a large seminar a few months ago and I said, please stand up in the room if you've been in real estate 12 years or less. And I said, whoa, it was more than half the room. And I said, okay, fasten your seatbelt. We're going on a rodeo right, right now. So it's going to be bumpy. They don't know. They haven't experienced this. And yet the old dogs like me go, come on, bring it on. We got this. Because there's going to be massive opportunities for agents who have systems in place, who have lead generation systems in place to dominate the market and take market share. 
there will be agents who leave because they're not proactive and they don't have the systems to facilitate and grow their business. This is a great opportunity to lock arms with your clients. You know, I've been coaching the last couple of weeks to, you know, the baby boomers. A lot of them are on fixed income. This is the wealthiest group of people that we have. And they may be on a fixed income sitting in a house that's they've got massive equity or they're free and clear. And yet they might be thinking on their fixed income with the changing prices of gas to food, everything, taxes doubled in Austin, that they're going, maybe we just need to pull our equity out and downsize. Maybe we just need to move to Arizona. Maybe we just need to move to Florida, whatever they're doing, right? And so there's some great opportunities there. I mean, there is a need for housing. And we're still, I think, four or five million homes, less of inventory that we currently have buyers for. So it'll be a while before things start to settle down. However, things are changing in different markets, like the inventory from February to now in Las Vegas is up 85%. Price reductions like four or 500 last week. So things are starting to shift in different areas. Some still have a bubble. Austin still is a bubble, probably will be because Tesla, Samsung have moved here headquarters. So things are kind of goofy here, but most areas, they're going to have some challenges. So when you talk about going back in time, it seems, I mean, even when I first got into the industry, expireds and FISBOs, like you could dominate by being a listing agent. And moving into the industry today, I see a lot of changes happening around that, especially with this market. There were no expireds, but I think they'll come back. They are coming but, back. But that that being said, like for these agents, a lot of these agents today have never really prospected. A lot of them are getting fed leads from companies like Zillow or OpCity or, you know, there's a number <laughs> of programs out there like that. So like, what do you think is the real key to success for somebody moving into this market? Whether you're a team, maybe you could address it for a team and a solo agent. Like, what are the keys to really making sure that you're growing and not dying in the upcoming years? You know, it's so simple. People will roll their eyes. If you make 20 contacts a day and you have a conscious effort of adding three people to your database every single day with completes, name, address, phone number, and emails, you will win. And if you're not hitting your goals, make more contacts. Is it a skills issue or is it a contact issue? When the market shifts, like in 2010, I had to make 150 contacts to take one listing. And so you learn your numbers. You know, real estate's a math equation. That's all it is, just a math equation. How many contacts to an appointment? How many appointments to a contract? You know, how many days on the market? I mean, all of that is so important to keep track of. And yet the bottom line is, is that you're a salesperson. And when you look at a definition of a salesperson, it doesn't say you wait for the lead. You know, you're proactively looking for business. If you have the mindset that you don't wait for business, that you go look for business, you will always win. And every single day you're checking off. Did I talk to 20 people? Did I talk to 20 people? And keeping track of your numbers and being purposeful that, you know, going on appointment is great, but the most important appointment you have is lead generation every day. And every time you don't go on that appointment of lead generation every day, You've now moved your goalpost. You keep moving it, keep moving it. You do 20 a day, you win. You totally win. And I know you agree with that, Brian. You've you've been in real estate enough to see all the success people have. It's all about 
the time blocking of looking for business. Don't you agree? Whether it's going out for coffee with 10 people a week or whatever it is, time block lead generation. Well, I, I actually told our sales team this morning in a meeting that today is with the direction things are going, it's more important than ever since CISU was founded that people use CISU because we were founded really on knowing your numbers. And yes. now it's moved to streamlining and automating your processes as well. And anyway, yes, absolutely. I agree. Like that. Well, is that's what CISU is. It's automation, it's database, and it keeps you on track on your lead generation and you know your numbers. There's no secrets. And as you build your team, there's no secrets with CISU. You have to have those kind of systems right now in order to thrive your business. You can survive, but you won't thrive unless you have something like CISU. So from a team owner's perspective, what do you think is the most important thing? Is it having the right systems or is it, I mean, well, how, first you have to go back to having the right people, right? Yeah. You have the right people. Systems don't matter, right? Yeah. So you have to, I think it always goes back to putting the right people on the bus, having a system of hiring, making sure you do your due diligence on checking references, check their skills before they show up for the job. And, you know, don't settle, you know, when you hear something that doesn't sound right, you got to explore that and ask, you're going to spend more time with these people than you do with your family, unfortunately. And so you really want to make sure that those are the right people. When you get that right person, wow, do the trains move down the track fast, do the wheels spin, everything clicks. And it's just so great when you have the right people. And then, of course, the database is probably the very, very most important thing that you can look at. I always say your database is your only asset. It's not your car or Louis Vuitton bag or whatever you carry. It's the asset of your database. Name, address, phone number, and email having completes. So a lot of times I'll coach a team and I'll find out that they're only putting the husband or the wife, you know, when there's a couple on a listing and they go, well, where's the rest of it? Well, this is the person we're talking to. And they go, well, let's get the other spouse. Let's get the other partners. You know, and so it's real critical to be conscious about that. So when you're tracking numbers, you should be tracking who's in your database that are completes and who are incompletes. And those are the ones you work to make complete. Okay, great. So you talked about the importance of the people you're with. I notice a lot of as the businesses that I work with, as we work with about 3000 teams now, I see that there are some that have this mindset of, okay, I need to have the best of the best and I'm only going to have five to 10 agents on my team. And then there's these other ones who in my world, I see them succeeding at a much higher level, which are the best of the best. Those people want to be me. I want the people who are like, they don't want to be me. They're never going to think like I do, but I want 50 of them or I want a hundred of them on my team. So what's your thoughts on that? How does someone decide which is the best way for them to go about building a team? Well, okay. So you got to know that I got a whole different way of looking at this. So when I left Mike Ferry, I took over a team for Chris Heller, who then became the CEO of Keller Williams at the time. And I said, don't ask me what I'm doing. Don't come back to the office and you'll net a million dollars every year. That was with three agents and four assistants and three ISAs. So he wanted to net a million dollars every year and he did. He never stepped back in there. So I think you have to know what your 
what is your goal? Why do you want to build this big team? Do you, do you love contributing and giving people opportunities? Now, I think that's wonderful too. Or is it that you want to streamline business and you want to net this amount? So for someone who wants 50 to 200 to 300, Kristen Cole is one of my dear friends. And you know she has a fantastic Kristen Cole network, fantastic business and hundreds and hundreds of agents. That's not for me. That's not for a lot of people. And so you have to know what you want. What is your talent? What is your passion? What is your goal? And I don't think everybody needs to be a Christian Cole or anyone that has hundreds and hundreds of agents. And yet, what do you want to have with a team? Now, I look at building a team for a legacy. I look at building a team for having a retirement income come from that as I step to the side or step back or step out. I've got something that I'm building that's saleable. I mean, that's why I would build a team and the database is going to be critical. Let me give you one tip. Nobody ever does this, but maybe Brian, somebody will. I have said from day one, when the computers came out, that we need to put a dollar sign in a field. And every time we sell that guy something, that guy was $7,200 in commission. Oh, he got divorced. I sold him another house now and it was 5,000. So now he's worth 12,000. Can you imagine if I sold my database to you with a dollar sign on every single client, what they were worth to me? How would that sale go? Mm-hmm. Yeah, makes sense. That's what I do to my database. If I was going to look at the future and bringing on someone and so many agents never get out of real estate. You're always in real estate, no matter what. And so at some point you have to look at the big picture. What's the end picture? And the, you know, I highly respect these huge networks like Kristen Coles, highly respect her work ethic and what she's built and how she's changed so many lives. And what is the end result for most people who are not going to do that? Where do you want to go with your business and getting clarity about that? And obviously CSU is going to help you having those kind of systems in place that organizes your business. You can't sell a business that's not organized. You can't sell a business that you can't spout out the numbers. That's critical. It's critical. If you've been enjoying Grit, please help us continue to grow the channel by leaving a five-star review and sharing it with a friend. Now back to Grit. So you mentioned Kristen a few times. Kristen was on the podcast probably a year ago or something. So for those of you who want to hear more about that side of growing a business, go back and listen to that podcast. And I think, I don't remember how many expansion teams she has, but it's extremely large. So huge, large. Yeah. I know one of the things you've focused on since you moved into KW is getting coaches to where they're netting a million dollars as a coach. Can you tell me more about that? When I took the job with Gary Keller three years ago, I came because, and I accepted the job because I was the first coach probably in real estate history to make a million dollars coaching. And so I said to Gary, I said, I'll come, but I want to change the opportunities and I want to put this back into an entrepreneurial business for coaches. And he goes, I love that. He goes, okay, let's do it. How do we do it? We talked about it. And so if you have a niche or you have a strength, you know, we'll have four or five coaches this year that will hit a million, probably have 10 coaches, maybe more that will do over 500,000, maybe 20 or 30 coaches that'll do that. So what we do is we want you to come to us with what you think is a great idea. We have a couple of boot camps that are coming up in the fall from a team leader to assistant boot camps. 
And basically, they're two-day, three-day boot camps. And people have come to us with the ideas of them. And we go, great, let's put it together. So the entrepreneur is thinking about ideas all the time, aren't they? And in most coaching companies, you don't get to have your ideas be voiced very much or be heard because there's a leader there and there's a certain platform and certain system and certain amount of money you can make. So I said to the coaches, I said, what I'm going to do in the next three years is what I want anyone to say, what my legacy was that I built opportunities and I built ways for you to be incredibly successful and build an incredible business. Because when you think about what the overhead is sometimes for a coach, it's very little. It's their office, their phone, and they may have a cyber backer, a virtual assistant. Most of them do, maybe one or two, but that's it. So you guys at KW Maps, you only coach KW teams and agents, right? So- we do, but in our group calls, we do coach other company agents in our group calls. Okay. So, I mean, what was the main change that you made happen for these coaches to be able to say, okay, I'm going to go from coaching part-time to now I'm going to coach full-time because some of these guys have made that transition, right? Yeah, they did. Well, first of all, we only, when you get hired as a coach, you go through our red shirt program and you agree to have at least 30 clients. And so in some worlds, they all a lot of coaches still have a business that they still operate at some sort. And so what I know after 25, 26 years of coaching is that if you have a big schedule, you're a better coach because you're not doing the onesie twosies. And there's a lot of coaching companies that'll let coaches just have two or three clients. That's not who we are. We want this to be a business. Then the next part is, well, how do I be a millionaire real estate coach? You get to choose whatever you want to as your each month, the monthly obligation for each client. So at a certain point, when you've changed their lives and doubled their income, that's when you can say, okay, the charge for being in my schedule because of these are the things that I do is $1,500 and or it's $4,000. We have some coaches that charge $4,000. Now their expertise is off the charts, off the charts. And so, you know, it's just every coach is very, very well qualified. And yet, if you take someone's business from making 250000 to a million, then that coach is probably going to move you up from 1000 to 1500 Yeah, well-deserved, right? And they get to choose. Some coaches don't choose to do that. Some do. It's up to them. And yet, they've got to turn 60% of their schedule, not just part of it. So they have to have that expertise to where those clients say yes. So when I moved my schedule up the first time when we changed it to 1500 for some of the coaches, I had 100% that turned. Uh, They didn't want out of my schedule because they saw the benefit of that. So a lot of coaches coming in, you have to build that reputation. You have to build your clients and get them on the trajectory of doubling and tripling their business. Yeah. Okay. So thanks for sharing that. I saw something about you came up with the five steps for building a big business life. Tell me about that. You know, the key to all of that is I can spout out the steps and then I'd say to you, what's important to you, Brian? You know, first of all, it's people, it's systems because you want to leverage in. And yet I was just reading a great book and just this one. Have you ever read this book, Subtract? 
I have not, no. Okay, so Kristen Cole won't read this book, <laughs> but it's about working on less is more. So understanding who you are, what lifestyle that you want for you and your family, when is enough enough? And so many people don't understand how to embrace life along the way and say, gosh, I met this milestone. This is great. You know, this is where I want to be. Or I'm looking over the fence. I'm going to add to that. The bottom line on any of this is that you have to know who you are and what you want. And, you know, when people say, well, what's your why? Your why is what you want to provide for your life. And, you know, I'm above the dirt today. And this is what my life's about. This is what I want. This is where I want my life to go. This is the impact I want to make. And so when you look at that, it's about obviously money. You have to understand that. You have to have a healthy relationship with money. A lot of agents, unfortunately, don't because they weren't taught in the beginning to you know, live on half your check and put the other half for savings in the IRS, right? And so you have to understand money, the value of that. You have to understand your schedule and what's important in your life. I've got a 47-year-old son that's retired. Duh. He did everything I said to do, right? And he owns a massive amount of properties. And the phone rings, he'll go sell somebody a house. If it doesn't, he's fine. He's totally set for life. But he started building his real estate career in his late 20s, buying property like crazy. So he's, he's set fine. for life. He owns the properties. But still, when you say retired, I'd like some clarity on that, because I think there's a group of people that view retirement as now I can sit on the couch for the rest of my life and watch TV. Oh, no, no. But, but yeah. I don't think people from real estate think that way. Yeah, uh, when I say retired, he's not doing the lead generation grind. He doesn't have an assistant. He doesn't do marketing. He's built his reputation over the years in Austin and highly successful. And he's looking for properties. He helps, you know, he's always talking to somebody and got clients that refer in business like crazy. He paid a lot of dues to get there. And so I say to any agent in this day and age, it's about your relationships. It's about who the people you're in contact with. Just got off a call just recently. And I said to someone in Las Vegas, I said, Rick, you've got to get your top 100 list. He's been in real estate for over 20 years. I said, who are the best people? Those are the people you put your arms around. You take one of those people at least out to lunch once a week and another one out once a week so that you get in front of everybody at least once a year. And those are your bird dogs. Those are your relationships. You wake up January 1st, 100 people are going to give you 100 deals, whether they buy it or they know someone because they care about you and you built a relationship. And they know, most importantly, you care about them. You care about them. And if you're not in contact like that, real estate's easy. Once you figure out who are the 20, 30, 40 people I need to know, who am I staying in touch with every day? Who am I staying in touch with once a month? What's going on? Who are the best people to know? It's easy. It's that easy. So what do you think, Monica, is going to happen with, I know there's still demand. We talked a little bit about this, but interest rates going up to 5%. I've heard rumor them going up to 8%. I believe it. So a lot of the people who were buying houses a year ago had never seen a six or an 8% interest rate in their lifetime. And, you know, these first time home buyers, like what do you think happens to the industry as we move forward over the next few years? You're asking someone who sold real estate when uh, FHA was 17 and a half percent and prime was 21%. 
people still need to buy. People still need to sell. You just need to get in the middle of them. And, you know, I just talked to a young gal the other day selling real estate. She's in her late 20s and she bought her first investment property. And I said, what interest rate did you get? She goes, six. And I go, good for you. Didn't phase her a bit. Now, she's been in real estate about three or four years. Didn't phase her a bit. Now, if you'd asked me that, you know, 20 something years ago, I got a six. I go, oh, my God, where did you get that? I got to get one of those. It's all relative. People still buy and sell real estate. Gary says it's going to go to 8%. I'm on Gary's train. I agree. I don't think the federal government is going to stop raising the rates until they stop inflation. And one of the things that they're looking at is the real estate inflation, real estate sales, and the values of homes. A lot of people have doubled the value of their home in two years by just sitting in it. That's a clear path for a lot of people right now, how they've built wealth. However, be careful. Because when it goes up, comes down. The last 12 years, we've been on a ride. And usually every seven to 10 years is a correction. We haven't had a correction for 12 years. Here comes the correction. But don't be afraid of the correction. Embrace it. People still die. People still get divorced. People still move. They get transferred. They have to sell their home. And I don't, anything under 10% single digit, go for it. You know, I had a mortgage at 16 and a half percent and I thought I died and went to heaven because it was 18 and a half and I got it from a friend of mine at an insurance company. So it's all relative, isn't it? Absolutely, it is. So what about real estate commissions? What do you see happening there? I know there's work going on around trying to get rid of buyer agent commissions. I'd love to get your thoughts on that whole situation. You know, I'm so old school. Somebody's just going to roll their eyes. If you can show your value proposition of what you do and how you do things to market a home and how you do things to protect a seller in negotiations and contracts and your value proposition is marketing and your expertise, you know, I feel that the commission should be at 6% if you can prove your value. Now, do some agents don't have that value, of course. And I think that's kind of, I mean, how do I answer this? It is what it is. And I think 6% is fair. And I challenge every agent to have a great value proposition. And the fact that the seller pays the buyer compensation, I think that's going to be a difficult one to change. I don't, I think there's, you know, obviously there's a court case pending or in the works anyway, and I just don't think it's going to change. It's, it's our industry right now. The sellers don't have to agree to pay that. They can say, I'm only going to pay four. And the agent goes, okay, let's do that. Or the agent, you know, says, okay, four. Well, what about five? I mean, it's all negotiable. Yeah. We're not making a seller do anything. We tell them this how it's done. They can say no. And I can say no as an agent and say, okay, never mind. I'm not going to work with you because you only want to pay 1%. It doesn't work for me. Yep. And I've, they know. Seen, I've seen a lot of that happen with some of these discount brokerages come out over the last few years. So absolutely. Absolutely. All right. Before I jump into some of your personal life, can you just give like last words of advice? Oh, gosh. You know, this is an incredible career. And yet you have to have the expertise to study the market all the time, to read books all the time, be knowledgeable. Um there's, you know, if I said the word cost segregation to you, do you know what I'm talking about? Um, how do you help your clients create wealth? 
that's a key thing. And so when you learn these things about investment properties and being that expert that can handle everything, the key thing for me, just words of advice is this is an incredible career and fall in love with real estate. If you're doing something in real estate you don't like, whether it's paperwork or making even calls, then delegate that to someone who's great on the phone to call your database. Delegate the paperwork to a great real estate assistant. Fall in love with what you do. And for example, I love talking to people. I love showing houses. I love going on listing appointments. I love getting contracts signed. I didn't love the paperwork. I didn't love the processing. I didn't want to call a signed company. I didn't want to call a home warranty company. I didn't love that part. So love what you do and figure out what that is because then you have the passion and then you absolutely excel at the highest, highest possible level. You will excel when you're passionate and you're in love with real estate. Great advice. So I'm going to take that and take it to the next level. I want to learn about some of the things you love. What is your favorite book or favorite source of learning? I know you shared a book with us today, but like, what is something you you would recommend for everybody? This one, Fanatical Prospecting. I've got books on my desk because as I coach, I go, you need to buy this book. This is the book for you now. This book is great. The other one that I've got on my desk right now is Who Not How, another great book. Mm -hmm. So I'm a business book junkie. I buy them. I usually have two or three going at the same time. And what I love is that it stimulates my thinking to go, well, that doesn't work for me. I don't agree with that, but I like the thought of this. And so it's just fun to stay on top of that. And if you want to excel in real estate, you've got to be a guru of information, a guru. You've got to know the market. You've got to know the business. You've got to know how to hire it. You've got to have systems. You've got to know how to track your numbers. It's just that simple. It's very simple. It really is. I think so many people overcomplicate it, right? And just just make sure you're doing the basics, all the things you just said, doing a great job of it. Yeah. And, you know, I don't really have a favorite book other than the MREA, Millionaire Real Estate Agent, which Gary wrote in 2003, and it's still appropriate. There's nothing in there that's really wrong. I love Pizza Tiger. I love The Wealthy Gardener. There's so many great books that I don't have like a favorite other than The Millionaire Real Estate Agent is a good basic one to start with. And then build your business books. I mean, just build them. And what I love is when I open them up, this is a great tip, Brian. You open them up and every time you have a page, like page 17, you write in the front cover, page 17, blah, blah, blah. Page 22, blah, blah, blah. So when I open up the book a year or two later, I look at it and I go, oh, that's the page I need to go look at. Mm, That's Instead of turning the pages and flipping them over in the corners, I learned to write in the front of the book. Now I own the book. Yeah. Yeah. That's a great idea. Okay. What about your favorite place? Speaking of things you love. I have a beach place in San Diego. I don't get to go too often, but I love that. And have a place out at the lake here. I love water. So I guess it's, I love water. I love just sitting and looking at water and nothing better in San Diego to watch the school of dolphins go by. Very fun. Yeah. I would agree with that. Also the sound of the waves or the river. Or yeah. Whatever. It's just, It's just mesmerizing. I've entertained myself for hours looking at the water. Well, Monica, congratulations on your amazing journey through this real estate career of yours. And just from the, you know, early days of Mike to now you're running the coaching company for KW. 
and just congratulations on all of your success. It's been fun getting to know you. If somebody wants to reach out to you, what's the best way to get a hold of you? The easiest way is Monica, M-O-N-I-C-A at Monica Reynolds, R-E-Y-N-O-L-D-S.com. Monica at Monica Reynolds.com. That's the easiest way. Okay, everybody. Monica Reynolds. And thanks for joining us on the show today, Monica. Everyone, thanks for joining us as well. And we'll catch you all next week. Have a great day. Thank you, Brian. Thank you for joining us on our podcast. If you have an interest in a free seven-day trial of Sisu, go to sisu.co, S-I-S-U dot C-O. Make sure that you use the coupon code GRIT, that's G-R-I-T, to waive all your setup fees and receive a 10% discount on your subscription. If you enjoyed listening to this podcast and want to subscribe, search GRIT, the real estate growth mindset on iTunes, Spotify, or Podbean. And with that, we'll catch you next time. Take care.